This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. And welcome back to sort of the Cooler Jets podcast. We host Ben Blessington and Michael Nania back with another offensive coordinator candidate preview yesterday we had joe brady today we're talking marcus brady and for those who don't know marcus brady was the oc for the indianapolis colts uh before that he was their qb coach for two years and an assistant qb coach uh before that though he was in the cfl he actually uh won a gray cup uh as an oc so maybe uh if he comes to the jets maybe he can uh maybe win a lombardi trophy add that to the collection as an oc am i getting ahead of myself here michael probably uh, nowadays he's an offensive consultant for the Philadelphia Eagles. So that would make, uh, three different, uh, Eagles coaches that the jets have had interest in, uh, which, which is, uh, maybe a telling sign of, of where they're trying to go. I definitely think he is uh, a candidate that is very much in serious contention. I think he was he the first guy they interviewed Michael. One of the first guys mentioned, I believe. Yeah, he was, he was definitely one of the first guys mentioned. So this is an important one and one to really think about because he's one of the few guys confirmed to have interviewed and it was like right away. So with that said, that brings us to Lawrence Owen, who's at Colts underscore law on Twitter. He's the host of Colts Law and Believe in Colts. Uh, those two podcasts you can find anywhere you listen to podcasts. Lawrence, how's it going, man? Well, I'm, I'm doing. Um, <laughs> it's it's kind of, as you know, it, it, it's it's something else to be sitting here during playoffs and, and not talking about your team playing, you know, as opposed to sitting here get to talk about the Cowboys or the Buccaneers or the Buffalo Bills or something like that. So uh, we're just, as content creators, we're just trying to find things that we can talk about. And definitely coaching searches is a massive part of that at this point in year. You don't yeah, have Lawrence, to remind us what that is like. We yeah. know quite well. You guys, are, say, you guys sometimes get to have some fun at this time of year, but yeah, this is just normal. I was going to say, at least, at least you've had uh seasons where you've got to talk about the Colts in the playoffs on the podcast. I mean, I was 10 the last time the Jets were in the playoffs. So it's been a long time, but maybe, maybe things are changing. Um let's talk about Marcus Brady. Uh interesting name floated around. Um honestly, as a Jets fan, I didn't really know too much about Marcus Brady outside of the fact that he got fired this year. Uh and that whole Colts offensive staff got mixed up. We were just talking about before we started recording bringing Jeff Saturday in and just putting him in a kind of a tough spot to be an interim coach and clearing out his, his offensive staff. But before that, you know, I felt like Colts offense, obviously bringing in those veteran quarterbacks year after year, haven't had too much success, but that doesn't necessarily mean that Marcus Brady isn't a great offensive coordinator. Of course, maybe we'll find out over the next 30 minutes. So just generally like the brief overview, 
what did uh, Marcus Brady's Colts offense look like? His like his pass run balance, his aggressiveness, you know, the pace that they're running it at, the positions they prioritize, personnel, like all that stuff. Like just the the broad kind of overview of what a Marcus Brady offense kind of looks like. He is very RPO centric. Okay. Um, now that doesn't mean that that is his only stipend that he has. Uh, he he definitely has a wide range of you know plays in his playbook especially with his time with frank reich and and this offense he, he's learned quite a bit he does like to be a little bit run heavy um likes to utilize that uh not just for rpos but just flat out play action passing um he likes using utilizing everybody on the field whether it's your running backs your wide receivers your tight ends everybody gets something um, he doesn't want some, he doesn't want a defense to know where the ball is going at any time. So that's something that you can look forward to with, uh, with a Marcus Brady. I think that Marcus is getting a little bit of an unfair shake. Uh, he, he kind of became the fall guy basically because of the offense that the Indianapolis Colts brought onto the field this past year when, Really, I don't think it was the play calling fault. I think it had a lot to do with there was holes on the offensive line that that was not filled, very bad play on the offensive line, and then just bad quarterback play as well. Uh, you, you mentioned it earlier. The Colts have been on a, a quarterback carousel for the last six years, and you know there just has not been that stability there for anyone, especially you know a guy who is responsible. Generally, your offensive coordinators are responsible for writing up the first, you know, three, four drives of a game, you know, for, for each and every game. And you got to know your team. You got to know your players. You got to know, especially the quarterback and what he's good and what he's not good at. And that's something that I feel like Marcus Brady did a good job. It's just, it wasn't executed to the way it needed to be. And I, that's, that's more on the players than it was Marcus Brady. Yeah, I was going to ask you. I mean, like, what happened? What was his downfall to be fired mm-hmm. in the middle of the season? You you told you were talking to me beforehand about the podcast you do with Rodney McLeod, who's who's a safety on the Colts, and he gave you kind of some insight into the players' perspective. But I mean, how did we get to this point where Marcus Brady's fired midseason, but yet NFL teams are still interested in bringing him in as as an offensive? Because I think that they know he was a fall guy. You know, um, in, in in that situation, it wasn't just Marcus Brady that was fired two weeks later. The head coach was fired. You know, that's a whole situation where you're looking at and going, man, this offense is just not performing to the expectations. So uh, when you're look when you're looked at around the league and you see the situation, it's not like a casual fan. These are owners and GMs and head coaches that are studying film, watching what's going on. They know when a guy is a fall guy and when they're not. And if they're doing a good job or if they're not, and if they are doing a good job and they feel like they're a fall guy, then they're going to bring them in and be like, Hey, you know, I like what you did over here. Uh, I I feel like you got the short end of the stick. Let's try to get, let's try to ramp this up, you know? So I absolutely believe that. Yeah. And looking more specifically at that scheme, his offense, what they're trying to accomplish, um, starting with the passing game, how would you say, they ran that passing attack under Marcus Brady. What were some of his priorities through the air and some of the concepts that they relied on? They relied a lot on quick passing schemes, uh, trying to get people in slants, uh, some screens, 
occasionally you'll take your deep shots off the, the the play action and things of that nature. But for the most part, it was it was about trying to keep the quarterback clean. Now, whether or not that was because Matt Ryan was sitting back there or if that's his, you know, his go to game plans, you know, I, that's up in the air. Uh, but that's pretty much what I, I, I seen a lot of, um, he does do a good job, however, of teaching quarterbacks how to run an RPO system. Um, Matt Ryan had never played the RPO in his entire, uh, career in Atlanta. And he came over to the Indianapolis Colts and Marcus Brady taught him that and taught him how to keep his eyes downfield as he's handing or faking a handoff, you know, uh, to be able to release the ball quickly to find that open guy uh, to try to get yak yards, you know, get guys in open space for yak yards. So that's pretty much what Marcus Brady does as, as an offensive coordinator is, is quick release yak yard situations. I think he wants something very similar to what you see over there with the San Francisco 49ers, to be honest with you. That would definitely make him an interesting hire because it would kind of carry over what Mike LaFleur is trying to accomplish, who obviously like Robert Sala and much of this Jets coaching staff came over from that 49ers team. So um, looking at all the Jets hires uh, or the candidates that they are looking at potentially hiring, a lot of them are outside of that scheme, but it seems like based on what you're saying, potentially Marcus Brady could carry some of that over. But um, looking at the run game, how would you describe some of the run schemes some of the uh, you know zone versus gap things like that. How are they trying to run the football under him? Uh, a lot of lot, lot of zone blocking schemes when it comes to running the football. Uh, not a lot of manpower, which is very odd considering that in previous years we were uh, a lot of manpower, uh, man man on man blocking schemes. He he likes to run a lot of traps. He likes to run. Um, you know, wham blocks with tight end utilizes his tight ends a ton um, when it comes to to run blocking and, and things of that nature. I did see something this year that we haven't seen a lot of, and that's a lot of two running back, two tight end formations. He likes the big formations as well. Uh, now that could be, you know, just the fact of, of what the Colts had personnel wise, but at the same time, he utilized it a ton. And, um, that could also have a lot to do with the RPO, giving him more option, giving the quarterback more options with the football, uh, whether it's, you know, hand the football off on, on a power dive or, you know, flipping it out on a toss sweep on the same play with the option of either taking off or throwing the football on, on a quick slant or, or a drag route or something. So um, when it comes to running the football, though, uh, a lot of zone scheme is what he likes to run. And you mentioned a few times that, you know, a lot of the things that he did are different than what you guys were used to seeing with the Colts. But I found that interesting because obviously sometimes that'll happen if you hire a new coordinator from elsewhere. But Marcus Brady has been with the Colts for the past five years. He was their quarterback's coach um, for the previous two years, 2019 to 20, and he was an assistant QB coach in 2018. So with him coming up to offensive coordinator and making some of these changes, doing some of these different things, do you think that he really was inventive in his own way and trying to install this offense? You mentioned, you know, his CFL background. Um, do you think when he came up to the offensive coordinator spot, he kind of took it into his own reins and built his own thing rather than kind of continuing 
what he was sort of building or, or learning while he's in the assistant roles? Well, I mean, he had some pretty big names to learn from. Uh, I think he, he took a lot of those names uh, while he was with the Colts and, and, and their schemes and their styles and kind of mixed it in with his own. Obviously, we all know that he's been under Frank Reich since he's been here with the team. But a lot of people forget Nick Sirianni was his OC, was his immediate boss above him. And you see what's going on in Philly and how Nick Sirianni runs that offense. So uh, I think he took his time. He took his time in the CFL and uh, his little time under Nick Sirianni and then plus also Frank Reich and kind of melded it together uh, and, and, and picked out what he liked among everything and then made that his playbook. So it's, I think Marcus is one of those guys who's evolving over time uh, with the players and the coaches that he's working with. You know, it does make sense. Uh, we were talking about this in one of the other podcasts that we did that, you know, the Jets are going to look for somebody who matches what Robert Sala likes to do philosophically. And it does make sense why Marcus Brady was brought in because a lot of the things that you're talking about, especially the importance of running the football and that 22 personnel. And even, you know, I don't know how t- it's apparently Robert Sala is not too tied to that Kyle Shanahan offense, that zone blocking and, and whatnot. But it does make sense from a philosophical standpoint, why the Jets would be interested in a guy like Marcus Brady. And that kind of brings me to the biggest part of this Jets offseason, especially after they they get an OC, is what are they going to do at quarterback? And obviously Derek Carr is the guy who's been kind of floated around. Maybe they can make a trade for Lamar Jackson. Maybe they'll draft somebody. Who knows what they're going to do at quarterback. But what do you think the ideal QB in the the Marcus Brady offense kind of looks like? You mentioned the RPO stuff. It seems like he's going to have to have a quick trigger and and know how to run that, that whole game. Um, but what are some of the other traits you think he, he would want in a, in a quarterback? I think a strong arm, uh, somebody can get a ball in a tight window very quickly, uh, being that, you know, if you want a quick passing game, you want to be able to get that ball uh, out very fast and, and to your target quickly so that they can be able to do something with that football uh, in space. Uh, you're going to want a guy like, a Jalen Hurts or a Lamar Jackson, uh, somebody who can run the football but also has a very strong arm. I- I'm looking at that uh, the Anderson kid uh, coming out of college uh, who, you know, has a very high ceiling but a very low floor, um, someone that, you know, is a possibility that could end up being that guy in the future or even possibly, you know, like a Tyler Huntley or something of that. I don't like – in all honesty, pocket quarterbacks for a Marcus Brady offense. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, Carr is kind of that weird blend where he's not a pocket QB. He's definitely not a mobile QB, but he's he's mobile within the pocket. So, you know, maybe you can run that type of offense. But that's interesting. You do bring up the, that mobile QB element uh, because I talked about I mean, they've, they've interviewed so many coaches with ties to the the Eagles offense that maybe that's giving a tell of what they're trying to do. And then you look at the success the Eagles offense has had. A lot of it is predicated on what Jalen Hurts can do with his legs. Maybe, maybe a Lamar Jackson trade. Maybe. (laughs) Um, I think one of the other things that's just so important for, for an OC is their opening game script. You know, those Mm -hmm. 10, 15 plays that they, they plan out during the week of practice. And then you get to Sundays and you run that. And then, Depending on those goes, maybe maybe it went well, maybe it didn't. But you got to make those adjustments in game. How do you feel like Marcus Brady uh, did with his game scripts? Obviously, the production for the Colts' offense hasn't been good, but in terms of 
from a coaching perspective? I mean, how do you feel like those games where it's kind of that's that's an issue. That's that's something that, uh, in all honesty, I think he failed a little bit at. The, the Colts were not known for jumping out to big leads. Okay, um, again, that could be because of you know just failed execution by the players. You know, bad uh, the offensive line wasn't playing up to par. The quarterbacks weren't playing up to par all season. Didn't matter who the OC or the play caller was at the time. Uh, whether it was Marcus Brady or whether it was Brandon or almost said Brandon Frazier. Uh, <laughs> wow. I'd love to see him on the team. Just, just because, <laughs> you know, um, but uh, no, uh, Parks <laughs> Frazier. Um, it, that's, that's a bad situation uh, with him. I think that's a negative on, on his resume uh, this past year is, you know, he just, it didn't seem like he was adapting what he was doing with those scripted plays week after week. Um, obviously, you, you script from game planning. You know, you're 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 doing your research against the defense that you're getting ready to play up against, and you're trying to find what your team does well offensively versus what that team does poorly defensively, and try to find mismatches there. And it never seemed to work out in the Colts' favor while Marcus Brady was uh, making those scripted plays this, this past season. So that is a negative for Marcus Brady. What about the flip side of that? You know, closing games, finishing, clutch drives, you know, got to have it situations. How do you feel like he, he finished? Games? That's interesting because while Marcus Brady was here, there was the Colts were a second half team. Like they did not play well in the first half, but the second half they played very, very good. Uh, good adjuster yeah offensively and then when he left it flipped the Colts were really good coming out the gate <laughs> hence you know games like that 30 point comeback right, like the Vikings or, or or say the Cowboys game where they gave up 33 points in the fourth quarter you know and and and, and just completely collapsed uh and couldn't score any points against the Cowboys and, and we're turning the football over a ton Marcus Brady, you know, during his time in Indianapolis as the offensive coordinator seemed to be able to do a very good job. Now, whether he was calling these plays and making the adjustments or whether that was Frank Reich, I can't give you the information on that. I think it was Frank Reich making those plays, but obviously I do believe that Marcus Brady had a lot of input in that situation, uh, being that, you know, uh, Frank does uh, lean heavily on his offensive uh, coaches and, and what you know, their opinions are and stuff. So, um, yeah, they were a very good second half team uh, while he was the offensive coordinator as opposed to, you know, a first quarter team. Yeah, and in addition to starting games and closing games, another very important part or two important parts of being a good OC are the clutch situations, third down, red zone. Can you extend drives? Can you finish drives? That's very important. So how would you – summarize his performance on third downs and in the red zone third downs as long as you're not in the red zone I think he was a, a pretty good uh, coach on that situation the Colts were not good in the red zone this past season uh, under him he was they were not very good at all the, um, they went for not just third downs but they were actually pretty good on fourth down as well uh, overall um, offensively but the red zone situation was poor uh, a lot of field goals, a, a lot of ended drives inside the 10-yard line, right? 
where they would either go for a field goal or, you know, just turnover on downs or turnovers. You know, that, that was a big situation as well. Um, in the second half, it was a little bit different. As I said, you know, they, they tend to score points in the second half under Marcus Brady, but generally that was like fourth quarter, not, you know, the first three quarters and you need someone who can, you know, be able to, to be successful on third down and in the red zone, four quarters of a game. Yeah, and it's, like you said a few times, it was a tough situation there with the Colts. And when you're trying to evaluate a coach, it's always important to, the best we can, it's always tough to do this, but separate him from the talent on the roster and try to compare how much of the talent available to him, did he maximize it? So how would you summarize that for Marcus Brady, comparing the results he got out of that team, both uh, the both of the past two seasons while he was there, uh, how would you compare what he got out of the talent that was available to him versus what you would expect from that talent? Okay, so when I go when I go in this general vicinity, I want to look at play calls versus um, actual execution on the field. Right. Right. And I'm looking at the play calls. I loved the play calls that I saw uh, for the most part from Marcus Brady all season, you know, that he was here. I liked the play calls. Now you're gonna you're gonna get guys who, you know, look at what happened right you know on the play and go well this was awful how can you say this is but the play call was the right call for that it just wasn't executed properly and i think the play calling wise i think he did an an exceptional job now what the quarterback does with the football after the play is called that's on the quarterback not on the offensive coordinator right uh so i i think marcus is a good play caller when it comes to utilizing uh, the weapons that he has. Uh, I saw a lot of drags and a lot of um, uh, uh, crossers and some post routes from our speedster, Paris Campbell, uh, who finally was healthy this year. Something that, you know, we didn't see a lot of when he was healthy uh, in years past. The ball just never went to him. I can't can't tell you how many times I saw Paris Campbell wide open on a post or a corner route and Matt Ryan throw the ball somewhere completely different, you know, and had the opportunity to hit an easy 40-yard completion, 30-yard completion, but just did not, chose not to do that. I can't put that on Marcus Brady. Uh, Marcus Brady had the right play call in that situation. Or, you know, uh, another thing that I was noticing was uh, when it comes to down and distance, right, the right play calls for that. You don't want to see a guy – and we just saw this last what uh, in the Vikings Giants game on Sunday. You don't want a guy on fourth down and eight running a three yard out, right? You want everybody getting at least to the sticks or beyond. And I was noticing that quite a bit, where Marcus Brady was always having his guys uh, in in the right place at the right time when it came to down and distance. Yeah, that that's fascinating uh, when you really talk about. You know, that's something Jets fans can relate to uh, when there's open receivers that just aren't getting hit. And, you, you know, it is really hard to to judge an offensive coordinator when the quarterback play just isn't up to mm-hmm. par. Um, but I think one of the things that you can judge an offensive coordinator on, especially in the middle of the season, and maybe, maybe this is hard, you let me know, is I think throughout a season you, there are traits and there are things that are apparent that your players do well. 
And can you kind of mold just your system and what you're trying to run to really maximize and get the most out of the, the players on your roster? You I mean, you talk about Paris Campbell running post routes. I mean, maybe that was just the design of the offense that the Z receiver, this X receiver, he's going to run a post. Um, but maybe it's like, hey, this Paris Campbell kid, he's really fast. Let's put him on these uh, these routes that are really going to accentuate um, the traits that he has. Do you think that that Marcus Brady is the type of OC to really try to mold his offense around uh, his players, or do you think he's the type of OC that the Jets have seen from honestly ever since I've been watching them, which is this is our system, and you know this is the system you're running. Oh, when it comes to uh, receivers and their routes, he puts the receivers in the right routes. When you got a big-bodied fifty-fifty guy, you're you're seeing him uh, put on islands a lot. You know, uh, situation in situations where you'll you'll have like three receivers to the right, one to the left, and that guy to the left is your 50-50 guy. You know he's going to be one-on-one, you know, because all the other defense you forced all the other defensive backs to that other side of the field. So, you know, you're you're trying to utilize that situation. I like that a lot from him. Um I feel like watching the play calls, he does put his players in good situations and utilizes their strengths. It's just difficult, as you said, sometimes to to evaluate that overall because of the play call, uh, the the execution of the players. When your offensive line is not working to its potential and your quarterback play is not working to its potential, you have to look at the all twenty two. You can't look at the game tape, you know, the the broadcast tape at all, and it's it's awful in that situation because it's hard to get fans to realize at times, hey, you can't look at what happened in the game without looking at the all 22 and say, this guy actually made a, you know, he he put his guys in the right situations. He just, the players didn't execute the way they were supposed to. But you're right. I, I do believe that for the most part, from what, I mean, obviously you're not going to get every play, every every player in the perfect spot every time. But for the most part, I believe that Marcus Brady was very good at um, utilizing his players' abilities to the maximum potential. Well, that's definitely good to hear because I think whenever you're talking about hiring a new offensive coordinator, as much as they have their scheme and they're going to bring in their own philosophy, they're also coming to a new roster that they're not going to be able to completely mold in one offseason. So you want to be able to be malleable and adjust to the talent that you do have in place. But Going back to some of the things that he was trying to employ with the Colts, like you talked about RPOs and stuff like that. Um, If the Jets were to hire Marcus Brady and they were to make some moves to try to accommodate his scheme and try to build around some of the things he might bring in, what do you think are some of the players, you know, whether it's, you know, the receivers, the O-line, tight ends, running backs, uh, because we talked about quarterback and you mentioned some of the skills there. Um, so if they were to mold some of the other positions to what you expect Marcus Brady uh, might bring in, uh, what type of talent would you want to see at those positions? Now, I want to make something very clear. I think Marcus Brady uh, is – yeah, obviously I think that he does lean towards the RPO system and, and more of your, your uh, you know, mobile quarterbacks. But we just talked about how, you know, before he was the OC, he was a quarterback's coach. And as the quarterbacks coach, he had different quarterbacks every single year, you know, and they're all different types of quarterbacks from 
from Carson Wentz, who is a, you know, a mobile strong arm quarterback to a Phillip Rivers or a Matt Ryan, who is just a sit in your pocket and, and, and throw the football. And he's able to teach them ways to do what he wants to do. He's able to mold what he could do to them and then mold them a little bit to what he does as well, kind of compromising. Um, but overall, I think what he wants is talent. You know, I think he could fit his scheme to whatever high-end talent that the Jets would bring in, you know, uh, whether it's uh, if you believe that, you know, Derek Carr is coming over there. I absolutely believe that he'd be good uh, with a Derek Carr or, you know, if somehow the Ravens doesn't, you know, um, <clears throat> drop a <laughs> drop that on Lamar Jackson, then and you guys are able to swoop in, swoop in and get him. I think I think he that would be something that he would probably be fanatic about uh, is Lamar Jackson. Um, As would every Jets yeah, fan. Yeah, well, I mean, well, you know, there, there's Colts fans out here that are like, oh, let's go get Lamar if, they, if the Ravens don't get him, <laughs> you know, locked down. I think a lot of quarterback needy teams are feeling that way as well. Um, but – The good thing about him when it comes to players, it's about, and it's very similar to what Chris Ballard, the GM for the Colts, uh, likes. And that is just physical traits like that stand out, right? Big wingspans, very, very fast. Uh, someone, if you can get someone that runs uh, a very fast three cone drill. Right. Uh, which means that they can, you know, get in and out of cuts very fast. He'll be able to utilize that to his to, to the best ability. Um, you get a guy who's like six, five and, and big and strong receiver. You know, he will utilize that. Uh, he just he wants guys where he could find mismatches. Uh, look at tight ends that the Colts have. We got two guys, two tight ends that are over six foot seven. Okay. Uh, the, this is, you know, physical traits that Marcus Brady really likes, uh, something that he could utilize against defenses because quite frankly, uh, if you, if you have physical traits that is very difficult for a defense to match up against, then he's going to utilize it over and over and over and pound it, pound it into the ground until it gets old. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that is all great to hear because like we said, the Jets have some talent in place. They got Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, Brees Hall. They they have guys, so it's not as if they need to totally restructure mm-hmm. to an offensive coordinator. So to hear um, that there's some potential malleability there is it definitely makes them intriguing. And I have to be honest to this point, like we've done a lot of uh, candidate breakdowns to this point. I believe we've done five prior to this one, so this is the sixth. Um, this is kind of the one that sold me the most on the potential candidate. But um, I also want to know about him as much as you can tell us uh, off the field, because that's an important part of being an OC or any coach as well, in addition to the on-field. And it's also the toughest for us to kind of gauge on the outside uh, without being in the building. But as far as you know and what you've heard and seen, uh, what can you tell us about how he was off the field, how players related to him thought of him, any stories you can tell us, um, just overall what you know about him in the locker room? All right, so... 
Ben and I was talking before we, before you came on earlier and uh, before we started recording this. Like I said, I have Mike. I have a co-host who is the starting safety for the Indianapolis Colts and Rodney McLeod. And today we just got done recording uh, a little bit about Marcus Brady and his thoughts about Marcus Brady and what the players and uh, felt about him as a person and you know how how it was felt when he was let go. And from what Rodney was saying, first off, a lot of the locker room was not happy. You know, they were not happy when Marcus Brady was fired. All right. They, they liked him a lot as a person. They liked him a lot as a coach. They felt like he, you know, he ended up kind of been the fall guy in that situation. Very, think very highly of him. They, they think that he's a leader of men, uh, a guy who gains the respect of his players, uh, around him. Uh, they feel like he was, you know, dealt kind of the short end of the stick when it comes to being fired. Uh, a lot of the players very, very upset over that. And uh, just a likable guy in general, someone, you know, that players and people can relate to uh, offers up some uh, good nuggets when it comes to press conferences and stuff like that. Now, obviously he doesn't get too in detailed because uh, you can't give away secrets and things of that nature. But, you know, he, he'll he'll answer questions uh, to media or whatnot as open as, as a coach can answer questions. So uh, overall, I think, you know, Marcus as a person is very, very well liked and was and still is very well liked by the players and the coaches, other coaches that were on this Colts team uh, this past year. Yeah, and it certainly makes sense as to why um, he's getting offense coordinator interviews, if, if that's the case. I mean, that does kind of seem like, you know, NFL coaches talk, they, your reputation carries mm-hmm. around the league. And the fact that the, the Eagles just came in and swooped him up mm-hmm. immediately after he was uh, after he was fired to, to bring him in as an offensive consultant also speaks uh, volumes. Overall, when you take a look at Marcus Brady, his strengths, his weaknesses, what are they? I mean, what is his kind of uh, – uh, if, if you're laying it out to Jets fans, what are they getting uh, in an OC in Marcus Brady? What does he do well, and then what does he what does he struggle? I think with? Marcus Brady does a very good job of utilizing the talent that's around him and formulating plans uh, for an attack, utilizing that offense and, and the players that are there. Uh, overall, he's very good at adjusting on the fly, um, especially you know when it comes to second half adjustments. When halftime comes, he goes into the locker room. He's got time to think, got time to to talk to the offensive players, the quarterbacks, and stuff like that, and make those adjustments so that you know the second half doesn't always necessarily look like the first half. Um, I think he's a little a, a negative. Is again, I think he's a little more focused on what his team what he wants his team to do when it comes to scripting plays at the beginning of games, rather than what the defense does not do well. So he's, he's more focused on, on uh, playing his game at the, at the beginning of, of, of a game rather than uh, taking, you know, the advantage of the weak points of, of a defense that you're going up against, uh, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um because you you know you always want to p- try to play your game but if it doesn't work week after week after week you got to start trying new things and we weren't seeing that from him uh 
he is well liked. Uh, like I said, he is a, a guy who's not going to lose a locker room. Even when he was terminated, he was he did not lose that locker room. Players still uh, respected him, uh, wanted him to stay there, uh, you know, had love for for the guy, uh, and he's respected not just by the players but the coaches around him. Uh, his knowledge of the game, his extensive knowledge of the game, is also a, a massive bonus because of even though he's only been in the NFL for like six, seven years. He's had an extensive amount of different types of players, especially quarterbacks that he's had to work with. So, you know, he could walk in with multiple different types of styles of players and, and, and be able to kind of mold what he's got to fit those. So he's, he's very good at that. I think that's his, probably his best attribute is, you know, he's got so much experience in a little shortened amount of time that he's had in the NFL. If you're a Jets fan and they hire him, uh, would you be happy based off everything you've said and what you know about him? I mean, should Jets fans be excited about this hire? In your opinion? I like, I like Marcus Brady. I, I wish he was still the offensive coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I, I think it was a, it was a bad firing. Um, I think there was other assistant coaches that should have been terminated rather than the head coach or the offensive coordinator. But yes, absolutely. Uh, I think that Marcus Brady is a guy that will bring in a dynamic to the Jets offense that maybe they just haven't really seen in recent years. So absolutely. I, I think that Marcus Brady would be a guy that you could get a little bit excited for and a little bit hopeful for uh, with the future if he is hired as the offensive coordinator for the New York Jets. Well, Lawrence, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You did a great job because, as Michael said, I think before this podcast, you know, you, you, we saw Marcus Brady's name floated around, and then you, you do the quick research, and you're like, uh, they're hiring the Colts OC that they just fired, you know? And I think it's kind of you raise some eyebrows. and But when you look at what the Jets are looking, you know, philo- looking for philosophically, looking for a guy with experience, um, he is a guy that makes sense. And even, you know, I like the fact that he's even on the Eagle staff right mm-hmm. now, you know, even that he's, you know, maybe gets to go and, and witness a championship um, before becoming an OC again. Uh, definitely an intriguing name to watch. And I think somebody who is a strong contender for this position. So we really appreciate you taking time out of your day to, to talk with us about him. Um, you know, we've done, we've, we've tried really hard to the guests we have on. We try to, you know, find the smartest, um, you know, best just football guys to, to talk with in each candidate. And so even if you're not a Colts fan, uh, I, I hope our listeners shoot you a follow because I love just following smart NFL people. So my entire Twitter timeline is just good football takes. And cause I have enough of the bad ones sprinkled in with the Jets fans that I follow. No offense. Um, Lawrence, where, where can our listeners, uh, find you on Twitter and where can they listen to you? Well, Twitter obviously channel? on Twitter and Instagram, you can follow me at Colts underscore law. Um, you could find the believe in Colts podcast anywhere you listen to, to podcasts and you could see my Colts law podcast and the believe in Colts podcast on my channel, Lawrence Owen, which is obviously, as you can see right there, my name, it's very easy to spell, or you can just type in believe in Colts or Colts law and, you know, it's it, it's everywhere. You just type it in Google and bam, you, you'll see it instantaneously. Uh, so I appreciate you having me on. Uh, this was this was very interesting. 
Yeah, I gotta say, you know, is is when when the floor first got fired, there was a moment where I was like, God, did they make the wrong choice? You know, question him. Then I was like, Oh, content! We got all these OC candidate pods we can do. Um, so you know, it's it's always fun to do these. Lawrence, thank you so much. I uh, really appreciate you. Jets fans, let us know what you think. Tweet us at CYJ Pod on Twitter. Comment on the YouTube below. What do you think, Marcus Brady? Did Lawrence sell you, or is your opinion of, of Marcus higher? Would you be excited if he is indeed the hire for the New York Jets? Let us know. Um, with that said, everybody have a great day, and go Jets.